0: So many things to talk about with you, Ari, today. I have to tell you, there's the immigration crisis. Uh, there's uh, continuing fallout from Afghanistan. Uh, there is the the Alec Baldwin disaster. Um, things of this nature. But, but I, I really, I mean, you know, we do, we don't just report the news, right? That's not what we do in in podcasts. We're not journalists in that way. I have no interest in simply being somebody that that talks about the news and then moves on to the next thing. And in other news, I, I always want to hear the significance of something. That's why I, I prefer analysis, let's say, from uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, because he's deep and he, he you know, tells you what he's talking about, yes, but he wants to know what this means. What, what does it signify? So, let, let, for example, the Alec Baldwin situation. Okay, So this is the story where Alec Baldwin, uh, you know, tragically, he fired what he thought was a prop gun, at least a gun, without without a real in, And I guess he pointed it at this uh, director of photography and killed her and uh, apparently also um, hurt somebody else, but that person's going to be okay, but killed this woman. And, you know, you could just leave it at that and say, well, that's that's such a tragedy. And, uh, you know, he was extraordinarily negligent, maybe even criminally negligent. At some point, um, and you can also talk about the fact that they were complaining about the lack of safety, gun-wise, at least in this on the set on this entire time, but they did nothing about it. That sort of thing. And uh, but that, to me, is not sufficient. It's not. What is interesting to me is how they don't. They just gloss over the fact that Alec Baldwin is a left-wing nut. Uh, who is anti-gun in every respect. And, uh, you know, no doubt he'll come out and say, you see, guns are dangerous. I'm, I'm the perpetrator of, a, of, of bad gun laws and such like that, right? If only they had not let me have a gun. <laughs> you know, that, I, it, it's really extraordinary. But, I mean, he could say that, I guess, technically speaking, um, and then be a champion for it regardless. But it is ironic, isn't it, that had there been people who actually knew about guns on the set, That such an accident will almost certainly never have happened. How about that? If it was NRA folks um, who actually, presuming that they actually knew they had actual guns there, they would have trained these people in such a way to respect the power of guns. uh, But they don't do that.
1: Well, that's that's the irony about the Hollywood as an industry is, when they're doing business, oh, they become capitalists. (laughs) They become free speech advocates. They become... You know, all sorts of things that you and I are. You know, like how we talk all the time about how 90% of good movies out there no matter what liberal idiot makes them, have a conservative message in them because, well, <laughs> the message has to be true. Right. The, the successful sure. message, yeah.
0: yeah. A, a, a successful movie.
1: And uh, Hollywood uh, movies uh, have what are called armors on set who are gun-trained professionals to handle the armor <laughs> yeah. when armor is needed. And ironically, I was reading an article this morning about this. They combine jobs between prop master and armor on this set to um, save money. And of all things, so they hired an armor who didn't know Jack diddle or you know what about guns actually, and they had taken this gun out and actually played around with it, shooting live rounds in the desert, playing you know hopity hop with it, right. which is completely against the rules. An interesting point is that when Hollywood rules are followed for guns and armory and all that, they are foolproof, and they hire actual gun people. Yeah. This case, they didn't. They broke actual gun safety rules. and Someone's dead. Yeah. Okay? It, it's it, it's it, actually a perfect illustration of the advocacy we on the pro-gun side always make about both gun safety and gun rights. That's right.
0: Everything that uh, they want in, uh, in, in terms of how they proclaim... Uh, to, to want certain things. So, so for example, they, they, they love these liberal values. They don't have the liberal values, just like you said. Uh, they, they do, they, they shop, and they ship out all their... Um, Movies to be produced in Georgia, which gives them incentives. They go to Canada. They go to the Middle East. They go to Asia. But they, the last place they want to film is in Hollywood, right? With I mean, that's high taxes. with 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 all the high taxes <laughs> and everything else and all the regulations. That, that's the last thing they would want. <laughs> right. You know? So, you know, look, I, I and I, I have a movie director brother, and he's a very good movie director. I I love every one of his films. Um, the last one he did was The Outpost, which was fant- fantastic. And he doesn't have, you know, he's, in fairness to him, he doesn't take charge of where the film is going to be located, right? The producers do, and the studios do. But they uh, they ship them out. You know, where did the uh, the outpost take place? Wasn't it like Hungary or Eastern Europe or something? B- Bulgaria. Bulgaria, yeah, you got yeah. it. So Bulgaria, why? Because it was a lot cheaper to do so, and they didn't have to deal with these nasty regulations and taxes and everything else. So, like, I mean, they, they create this world. You know, it rules for thee and not for me, right? Is it simple? It's very simply summarized that way. Yeah,
1: but it's interesting in in the case of that particular industry when they advocate for, say, Governor Newsom or some local. Californian or Los Angeles Democrat to be in power who puts industry rules and and industrial yeah, industry rules in place for their their industry as well as every other's that craters jobs and opportunities yeah, they're harmed by the flight of jobs out of here too you know, I mean no no director no actor actually wants to leave Los Angeles for six months for a job in some, you know Uh, third world you know what kind of hole, if you will. But they wind up doing it, you know, because their idealism only goes so far to, uh, you know, at the doorstep of where their business
0: is, where their shingle hangs. That's right. Exactly right. Well, look, I mean, we're talking about hypocrisy here at the end of the day, but, you know, it's, it's conservative values always win at the end of the day. They, they, you know, even the atheist, I always say this, the atheist loves to live in a world full of God, whether he realizes it or not. He <laughs> proclaims not to, yeah. right? He, he thinks it would be better in a world without God. I know so because I used to say the same thing. But in reality, they want to live in a world with beauty in it. They want to live in a world with justice in it. They want to live in a world, uh, you know, with family and, and values and not to be molested and not to be stolen from or murdered. They want that. They, of course they do. I mean, I, I think everyone should. But so they live in a godly, they want to live in a godly world. They try to act in a godly way. They, they proclaim to have morals. But... Of course, they don't care about that. Uh, you know, they profess not to care about it, but they they actually have to live in it. Same thing with liberals, generally speaking. I should say, leftists, generally speaking, they want everyone to obey the rules of the road. They want everyone to be kind to each other. They want to, everyone not to be a douchebag. I, I hear that a lot on on. Uh, uh, comments uh, to my videos. Uh, yeah, Douchebag uh, Rick- douche is a technical <clears throat> term for Mitt Romney. <laughs> it's, it's it's limited solely to Mitt Romney. Anyway, uh, yeah yeah. So so, but this is they, they they claim to want these things, but in fact they anyway they they would be lost. They would be lost at sea without the basic values of conservatism, wouldn't they? Right. I mean, if it weren't for the 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 justice system. Uh, that civilization has produced, because certainly not atheism would have produced it and leftism would never have produced it, uh, they would be lost at sea. Same thing with um, any sort of purpose in their lives. Same thing with any sense of beauty in their lives. Same thing with any sense of family and uh, accountability. These are things that they know are important i mean if you are, if you were to ask a leftist is it important to be accountable they would say yeah sure absolutely is it important to be safe yes absolutely should we have laws to make sure that people don't kill each other yes sure
1: yeah does the rule of law protect you and your family of course yes, exactly of course right, yeah. i'm glad i'm glad murder isn't legal despite <laughs> you know my you know, My temporary aunt-
0: desires in, while I'm sitting in traffic or something like right. that. So, so liberals are very much like the kid uh, who, who hates his parents uh, because of all those damn rules that he imposes on them, uh, that they impose on him. And, uh, you know, the curfew, that he should eat, uh, you know, vegetables, and he should go to sleep at a certain time of night, and he should do his homework. He hates them for it. But... You know, if, if he were to actually be left alone in the world that he proclaims to want, which is not with his parents, uh, he'd be lost at sea, too. He'd, he'd end up in a, you know, as a prostitute or some, you know, whatever, or in, in a drug cartel or something. How
1: about as an orphan living on the streets of Calcutta begging?
0: Yeah. You, uh, uh, there, right? It's so funny. Like, like liberals just don't realize that if, if they want to see the alternative universe without America, or at least without American values, in, in, in virtually any country other than maybe Israel, uh, you just go to, uh, like you said, Calcutta, go to, uh, to Africa, go to any third world dictator country in South America, for example, just go and, and you'll see, there it is, it's not as if it's a highfalutin uh, hypothetical Philosoph- philosophical you know, Mind exercise this is, this is real It actually exists yeah, out or, there Or
1: if you're in Los Angeles Go to Skid Row Go to uh, any um, overpass Where the freeway passes over a street And see the, the alternative society the, If you will The Chas Chop Chiz That's springing up in these tent cities And ask yourself Is that the kind of ordered existence I'd like to live in Or do I prefer my neighborhood With my subdivision
0: right exactly right exactly right look uh one of the things i wanted to talk to you about today is related to everything we've just been talking about and 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 that's this notion that we have to have something always in charge right it's um we talked before about the kid who understands intuitively that he needs his parents to help navigate He, he likes these rules generally speaking but um but it's that instinct that we had that something has to be in charge, and what we've noticed Ari, you and I is that <clears throat> if you really want uh, the notion of uh, things being handled the way they are uh, to to you know for civilization, you have to have God in the in the equation if you don't then you have to then you know give some sort of sense of charge to the government yeah or a strong man a dictator right or some sort of right deadly force and and, and that's an old concept i mean we've talked about this many times before but the reality is you would have to do that so we we recognize that but look it's not just that it's that we also want to believe in the goodness and rightness of of the government at the same time that the government will handle this or that that's that's why we barely question the motives or agendas of bigger government, at least the leftists don't. I mean, climate change is the best example.
1: Yeah, we tend to question those things every minute of every day. Right. They right. don't, ironically. Right. They...
0: Yeah. Well, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's hypocritically. Yeah, that's
1: I, I believe that may be the most central, brilliant set of arguments and concepts that you came up with. And enlighten us with in the Atheism Kills book. This idea of that if God is not the center of gravity, well then something else will be, and it'll ninety percent of the time or more be something you don't like in yeah. the end.
0: Yeah. That's right. Well thank you. I appreciate that. It's it is an imperative point to understand because we we crave some sort of structure, and then we don't ask why we crave the structure, but it is there. But climate change is an example. Then, of course, uh, our response to COVID and the vaccine and everything else, people don't question that. So science becomes the new god, uh, but they don't actually engage in science the way that science should be engaged in, which means critical thinking, which means debate, which means saying, well, what about this? What about that? Instead, they just kind of... Go on with the narrative, and uh, you should not ever defeat the narrative.
1: Right, and how dare you question the motives of the narrative? Could it be pharmaceutical interests are making trillions? How dare you say that? They're saving lives. You know, the same thing. Uh, You know, any issue under the sun. Poverty is a problem. Let's raise taxes. Let's spend more money. Communism is a problem. Let's negotiate with the communists. Terrorism is a problem. Let's be more compassionate to them, you know. Meanwhile, there's other forces at play here of, as far as why the narrative is the narrative. We don't need to get in those myriad of issues if you want to see a uh, background on that. Look at every episode of this podcast recorded since 2012. <laughs> that's, okay? that's a good we point. We will have hit on it. Yeah. But, you know, in summary, there's. It, it's so funny how the narrative has always served not the reality.
0: Yeah, You got it right on the nose. I, I, I really resent... Uh, anyone telling me not to use my brain, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. I, don't you? Right. So when they tell you I follow science, you know, what, suggests of course that you don't and that you're, you're not interested in science whatsoever. Uh, and that anyone who believes in God, uh, you know, I, I suppose anyone who doesn't believe in science are one of those silly people who believes in this thing called God. So therefore, you know, you, you are to be dismissed. So the critical thinking thing, I think that's the most uh, if you could point to one thing, and it had to be only one thing that you, you could say is destructive for civilization, of course it would be the lack of God, but uh, concomitant with the existence of God is the existence of critical thinking. If you don't have the ability to critically think, and if you squash the, the, the desire to think critically— you are going to have a collapse of your civilization. Yeah, the, the brilliance of that statement is beyond.
1: Because if you just think about you made a video earlier today in which you said, flip the script on the idea of what is the opiate, what is the sedative of society. Yeah. Um, and for those of you out there who don't know what I'm talking about, tune into his Barack Lurie video channel on YouTube and you can watch the videos done recently and you'll see. Um, but... This idea that if you start at a starting point of, I believe in God, then you have, to, you have to ask yourself a second question, which is, well, what is God? And a third question, well, what isn't God? And that is the core of the beginnings of critical thinking, making the distinction between what is one thing, what is the other, and what's the difference. Right. It, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah.
0: You're forced into that. One of the uh, mitzvot, and in fact, uh, depending on which version of the uh, 613 mitzvot that you read, uh, one of the very first ones is that you shall know that there is a God, and by definition, it doesn't say you should believe in a, in a God because that, that's the opposite of critical thinking, yeah, right? Knowing and believing is different. N- yeah, knowing means that you've got to go out and search for God, and but that very process involves critical thinking, right? It has to. It, it's not as if God just comes kind of descends down and say, "Here I am," you know, just to make clear to you that I exist. Here I am. Uh, thanks very much. I'll see you later. I was here, right? Putting aside the fact that people would soon start disbelieving in God shortly after he left anyway, um, the fact is that really understanding God and knowing God requires critical thinking. It, it requires putting things together and making sense of them, right? So it's the same thing as uh, you know being given a mathematical equation and, then, and never asking why is it so. Why is E equal MC squared, why is a squared plus b squared equals c squared? You know, most people don't know why, by the way, and I'm that, I'm forget about e equals some c squared for a second. Most people, they've heard that before a squared plus b squared equals c squared for the, um, the uh, Pythagorean, uh, yeah, Pythagorean theorem, right? They don't know why that's true. They don't know.
1: Yeah, the, the re—I'm not good at math and that, or geometry or anything. So I always just concluded kind of like the value of money. It's true
0: because it is. Right. You no, know? because you actually prove it. It's actually very simple if you actually looked at the the square, literally yeah. a square, because a squared, right. Uh, you'd say, oh yeah, that adds up always to C squared, squared, which is the hypotenuse part of it. So that's why. Uh, But you have to kind of get into that critical thinking sort of thing. E equals M C squared is the long process that Einstein engaged in to finally understand that the relationship between energy and matter. And that's the conclusion that he came to. So, you you know, but most people just want to accept what they're told. It is easier, I'll I'll grant you that. But it's hardly um, elucidating or, uh, you know, growth-encouraging in any way, mentally or otherwise.
1: No, the the movie Idiocracy, which is a brilliant attack on stupidity, has the brilliant line, it's got electrolytes. Electrolytes are what plants need because they were giving plants Gatorade. No, plants don't need electrolytes. Plants need water. You you, you know what I mean? So when you're told the vaccine is 90% effective, global warming will burn you up in five years. These are not not only not true; they are total effing lies.
0: Well, you are you know? exaggerating. There, it is not five years; it's ten years at this point. No, Thank you very much. No, told us four. I was exaggerating. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I see. You were given the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, but but whatever the time frame is, it was five years ago no, I, that they told us you know it was thirteen years plus I, four years plus two years. Who gives a flying? You know what? It's a lie.
0: Well, you okay, and, and not only that, but. And sometimes the critical thinking needs to, be, you know, it needs to happen right away, I mean, and you see it right away. The vaccine is a great example. Forget about global warming, which right. is easily destroyed you know, for different reasons. But they have the advantage of, well, who knows what's going to happen 10 years from now. 10 years is a long time horizon for a lot of people. Uh, but the vaccine, not so long a horizon. Let me explain. The vaccine was supposed to be, and use the phrase, 90% effective or 80 even if it's 80% effective.
1: Efficacious.
0: Very Let's efficacious, they one. say. Yeah. And efficacious meant you ain't going to get COVID if you take this vaccine and you're not going to spread it and you're not going to die from it and you're not going to hospitalize from it. But guess what? It turns out, Lie, 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 lie. Right. It turns out if you take the vaccine, you can still get COVID. You can still get hospitalized with COVID. You can still spread it. You can still spread it. And you can still die. And you can still die from it. But other than that, it's a very effective vaccine, my friends. Yes, it's really, you you should definitely take it. Not only can you take it, you better
1: take it. You have to take it. If you don't take it, we'll take your freedom. So take it. Right. And
0: nothing else works either, by the way, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or uh, otherwise.
1: or, Or good health, good safety, sunshine, sunlight, natural immunity or anything else. And by the way, we always told you it would only be two weeks to flatten the curve. Don't worry about anything else. We won't take your freedom away. We will never mandate anything like masks, vaccines, health passports, travel passports, nothing else. Don't worry. It'll never happen. Oh, but now it's happening. Yeah. So are you lying then or are you lying now? Right. Oh, oh I get it. You're, li- you're lying both places, Garcetti, Newsom, Biden, all of you.
0: So you ask yourself, uh, I can see this as, you know, you don't have to be a, uh, a neuroscientist to figure this stuff out, right? Asking these questions. These things are hitting us over the head, you know, one after the other. And, and forget about whether Fox News is reporting or CNN is reporting. You, you know your neighbor. Your neighbor had the vaccine. And she got COVID anyway. She went to the hospital anyway. And you've seen it time and time again. And you you can't just dismiss it as saying, well, she was an outlier because you've seen many other friends having it. My friend from high school took the Moderna, died six days later from seizures and a
1: heart attack. OK, oh, oh, but it's safe. And then, and then you know them by their fruits. You know them by their behavior. Anytime they're selling health food that's actually healthy, no one in that health food uh, selling business censors the other side's criticism, because the health food is healthy. I don't know anyone who sells organic carrots who tells people criticizing that carrot company, uh, you're do- engaging in misinformation, warning about the, ca- the dangers of carrot overdose.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. Yes, it's, it's too easy. And what, what I'm expecting people to do is to eventually see, see the light on, on this very issue because the good news is whether the media reports it or not, people are able to see what's what. I, I fly uh, quite a bit now. Uh, and airplanes, and uh, very often they're totally packed, totally packed. The air, airports are packed and the airplanes themselves are packed. Uh, if not totally packed, then they're, you know, I would say 90% full. And that's good for the airlines. I'm glad for them. They, they, they should be able to uh, enjoy a profit of some kind. Point is that there's a sense, I think, among all of us that all this COVID stuff and the mask stuff, it's all BS. There's a sense of that it's just a flu, you know? Nobody wants to get COVID, of course. But you know what? It's maybe not the big Frankenstein that everyone claimed it to be, okay? In the very beginning, when you're talking about it, and, you know, you would have a friend, oh, my gosh, you know, Bob, he, he got he got the COVID. And back then it was coronavirus, right? He he, he got it. Chinese and like, coronavirus. And, and, and then... And then they would say oh my gosh is he okay you know and and everyone would jump and and call him up and everything else and then very quickly a lot of people had it not surprisingly and you discovered that this guy survived yeah i had covid it was it was not fun it was lasted a week or so but i was in bed and uh, and this other person got the sniffles and that was that and you hear more and more stories about this and you began to realize that you know what it's not that deadly in fact, it's not that dangerous uh, a disease to get in the first place, and just be smart about it. And people who are who are dying from it, and you know, may, may no may no one die from it. I would I would like like that very much. But most of them are very frail, uh, and they have other co- comorbidities. And we've talked about this at length. It's, it's you the mean
1: pre-existing conditions. By the way, remember when that was a thing?
0: Yeah. Now
1: is it? Is that right?
0: Like Pre existing conditions are now comorbidities. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yes, you're right. But the point is that it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. The thing that pushed them over the edge. Yeah. That's yep. what it is. And now we know that only six percent of what has been reported as COVID deaths are actually the result of COVID. The others, the 94%, are actually very indirect associated with COVID. Either they had COVID a year ago, and then they died of pneumonia or bronchitis, or for that matter, a fall off of a building. uh, And then they're reported as a COVID death. It's crazy. So you can only take it so seriously. Now, I talk about this before, speak about critical thinking. Whenever there is a, a problem financially, you, you think to somebody, well, you know, we, should, we ought to have some sort of accounting for this, right? We have a verification system. Um, there's, it's called accountability. Um, so even if even with voter integrity, right? We, we talk about the notion of, okay, we should have an audit of the votes. And you may disagree or agree that there was a funny, a funny play during the 2020 election. But everyone understands the concept of voter integrity and that it's... You know, with a checkup on the system, we'll find out whether there was some fraud or not fraud. We understand the process. But nothing, nothing like that happened when it came to the deaths of, of uh, COVID, right? No, no one's saying, let's, uh, let's audit this number. That's quite a big number, 700,000 deaths, as, as of the time of this podcast. Are, are they, in fact, all really COVID-related deaths? You know, and, and if you say they're indirect, well, then tell me which ones are indirect, Okay, I want to know. And which ones are direct? Which and, ones are and indirect? Also- and and let's and let's see whether this person actually died of COVID. Because there are too many people out there saying, "Look, my, my dad died of a heart attack," but you're saying he died of COVID. Okay. I, I I don't want that. Yeah. I I want accuracy here. My in-laws here. have an aunt
1: died of a stroke. They it as a COVID death. They had to. The family had to scream bloody murder to get it. Listed as a stroke, and then we need to audit the actual COVID deaths and find China flu deaths, and find out well what did the hospitals do? Did they vent them without needing to be vented? That a new article just came out that hospitals in many states were denying the the China flu people victims uh, fluid and nutrition, yeah. denying
0: them medications. Of course, of course. I mean, There's too many exactly. questions. How did this? How did this narrative happen? You know. Okay so there are too many questions and of course how many of these were preventable deaths uh, to the extent that they were if if they had ivermectin if they had hcq and so on like that there are a lot of things that uh, just raise too many questions these are not uh, these are not binary things by the way like the, like the voting is right either either the vote is legit or it's, it's fraudulent not. right it's nothing else right but but when it comes to covid it, there's so many things to drill down on, and so many things to be, but we just take it on face value that these are COVID deaths because that's what MSNBC reported to us, and they want that number to be big in the beginning. Remember that because yeah, of Trump, had a, they had a hysteria for an election to steal. So exactly, you know. so there are all sorts of cross purposes going on. Listen, uh, the point about all this, this podcast, is mostly about critical thinking and the devaluation of critical thinking. And how we are going to collapse as a society if we do not re-embrace critical thinking. And the only way, the only way is to bring back God. Because without God, there can be no critical thinking. God gave us the ability to critically think. And the process of finding God, it involves critical thinking. You see where I'm going with this, folks? Anyway, thanks so much for listening to our very important podcast today. This is Brock Lerner signing off saying God bless. Be safe. And we will talk with you next week.